What is up, profitable public speaking listeners? Mark Berry here today with another episode. And if you want to be a leader and a role model for your tribe, the people who follow you, the people who love your content, the people who continue to come to you again and again, this is going to be a great episode for you. Our guest who joins us today, he is a real life leader, professional speaker, author, award-winning teacher, coach, husband, and father. And his book, Inverted Leadership, teaches readers how to lead others better by forgetting about themselves. Our expert who joins us is none other than Joel Hawbaker. Joel, welcome to the show. Mark, thank you very much. I'm excited about chatting with you today and uh, looking forward to our conversation. Thank you very much for having me on. Joel, it's a pleasure to have you on Profitable Public Speaking. And we do have to think about how we are going to lead. How do we lead the people around us so that they achieve better results, so that we are truly making that impact we want to make. And there's a little bit of a different dynamic when you are leading your tribe because uh, for some people, you don't have too much one-on-one exposure with them, but you just have your content. So how can we get better at using our content to create that leading example for the people who follow us? It's a great question, and you touched on a little bit in the way that you asked the question. A large part of what we consider to be leadership or a large part of what leadership is is simply positive influence. Um, Thank you for mentioning my book. In the book, the way that I define leadership is um, leadership is the art of positively influencing other people to help them become better versions of themselves. So what leadership really is all about is helping people improve whatever situation they are in. And a large part of the way we do that is through the content that we create. So whether it's podcasts, blog posts, articles, checklists, you know, whatever it may be, the goal of those things is not to increase my own uh, notoriety. The goal of those things is to help the people that are going to uh, be exposed to uh, whatever it is that I'm putting out there. So uh, if you come to my website and you look at some of the checklists that I've got up there, those things are designed to help you in your blended family or they're designed to help you in your leadership role. And that's the whole point of them is to, is to try to encourage people uh, or inspire them uh, or challenge them depending on, you know, the the specifics of your, uh, of your blog post or of your content, whatever it may be. Uh, But the goal is to try to help people make an active change for the better. And if we can do that consistently, that's going to keep people coming back to look at what we're going to do next, how we're going to challenge them, how we're going to inspire them. And again, like Joel's really bringing up this idea of impact. You want to think about how you make the person better rather than thinking about yourself, rather than thinking Mm -hmm. of your objectives. And I do feel like that is an interesting point to cross because you definitely want to help people on one side. On the other side, you want to make money because you need money to have different options in life, living expenses and money allows you to help more people. So how can we be focused on helping people and think about growing our businesses, making more money at the same time. That's a, again, that's a great, um, it's a very important point to bring up. And I think one of the people who speaks to this the best is uh, Bob Berg. He and John David Mann co-wrote the Go-Giver series. I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with those books. Um, and in those books, uh, they are sort of business parables. And he, the, the authors really drive home the point that what we, are, what we should be doing is providing value to other people. When we do that, they will be willing to pay us for our services. That it, and I read a great quote today. I forget who said it. I wish I remembered it. Um, someone said something along the lines of people won't buy from you, they won't purchase things from you that are 
that cost more than however much they value themselves. That is, they're not going to spend money on themselves if they don't think that they are worth it. So one of the things that we need to do is show people that they are valuable, not just so that they will buy from us, but because they truly are valuable. And when they see that, they are more likely to then uh, do business with us. Again, the, you know, the common phrase is people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And one of the ways that you build that know, like, and trust is providing value to people even when they are not necessarily paying you for it. And that's why I'm sure, again, a lot of your listeners, they're familiar with things like sales funnels or free giveaways or whatever it may be. And the point of all of those is the same, is to provide value for people, right? And so you provide value for them free of charge in the understanding or the hope or the goal of whatever it may be that they will come back to you when they do want to spend money on whatever it is. But again, the goal is not just to make money. The goal is to provide value. Making money is kind of a knockoff effect of that because if, uh, so I think of it, um, you mentioned in the introduction, one of the things that I do is I coach people uh, and that's a lot of blended family work. But one of the other things I do is I'm a soccer coach and I tell people all the time that when I'm coaching, winning games is not the goal. I've coached little kids, uh, middle school, high school, college kids, and, and everything in between. Um, at those levels, especially at the high school level and below, the goal is never to win games. The goal is to create good people. Soccer is just the avenue by which I try to create better people. And when we do that, winning games will take care of itself. Don't get me wrong. Like, I am hyper-competitive. Okay, I am. Uh, my my younger daughter actually told me recently. Actually, she told my wife, who passed it on to me. Um, <laughs> my younger daughter really doesn't like playing Mario Kart with me, and it's not because I'm really great, but I'm just good enough to where I'm super, super competitive and not very fun to play with because I hate to lose. Right. So it's not that I don't want to. Uh, it's not that I'm just okay with losing games. That's not it. The point is, if I make winning games the focus of my soccer coaching. That's going to eventually come at the cost of relationships with my players because I'm going to either tell them to do things that are not moral on the soccer field, i.e. cheat, or I'm going to push them in the name of my own glory. We have to win games so it reflects well on me. Whether I say that or not, they're going to get that message. But if I try to create better people, that is people who are hardworking, people who listen well, people who look out for others, if they're doing those things on the field, we're going to win the games anyway, most of the time. Same thing on our business. If I'm worried about meeting my sales quota, then I'm probably not actually taking care of the people that, I'm work, that are working for me. But if I'm taking care of the people that work for me, I'm a lot more likely to reach my sales quota, mm. right? So if I take care of the people that are in my charge, the results will take care of themselves. The, the way that I put that in my book is a, a huge factor in leadership is building good relationships with the people that you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis. Because here's what I truly believe. If you take care of relationships, the results will take care of themselves, right? If you take care of relationships, the results will take care of themselves. It's not a bad thing to have goals. For my soccer teams, we've always listed our goals at the beginning of the year. How many games do we want to win or how many goals do we want to score or whatever it may be? That's fine. But those are not our ultimate aims. Those are just things that we get to check off as we accomplish them. Same kind of thing in business. Like, yes, we want to have business targets, but ultimately it's about creating good relationships because if we do that, we're a, lot more likely, we're a lot more likely to hit our targets. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's a focus on the individual. And yep. I could see some people had that thinking like a money goal uh, because, you know, that could feel more pressure at the moment, but it really mm -hmm. comes down to just serving your community. And yep. then uh, the way you serve your community and then you – 
serve them at next level and you demonstrate what kind of value you can provide and you provide a lot of free value first, that's how you get a lot of people to join you in your group coaching, join you uh, in your training course, buy your book and do these different things. But it really starts mm-hmm. with, as Joel says, prioritizing the other people and yeah. trying to just make them better individuals rather than just going for your sales quota. Yeah. And, and, um, I love that you mentioned the, the start of how you asked that or, or mentioned that was about serving your community because that's exactly what it is. It's about serving other people and it's um, it, because you have to be careful how you say it because if I, if I say, I'm just going to make all of you better, then I come across like a know-it-all and I've been guilty of that in the past, especially as a high school teacher. Um, and so what I have to really be careful of is to make sure that I begin with empathy and compassion. That is, I'm not here to improve you. I am here so that we together can all improve. Because then it's not me as the, the, you know, the guru sitting on top of a mountain dispensing my wisdom at will. It's us working together toward a common goal. And in doing that, we all improve together. And, and so uh, I really, um, I love that idea of, of serving your community, like you mentioned, because that's exactly what it's about. If we are serving other people, we're all improving together and everybody's situation is getting better at the same time. Now, it may not all get, it may not all improve at the same rate. Or in the same way, because not all the people may work as hard or they may not be all as talented in the same areas. So it's, it's not this idea that everybody has to improve at the same rate in the same way at the same time. That's, that's simply not practical. That's not real life. But if I, as a teacher or a coach or a business person, if I am looking out for all of the different people under my charge, then I'm, I'm trying to help all of them improve in whatever ways they are trying to improve. In my classroom, the goal is to help make students into better students, and the way that I want to do that is to invite them to uh, see themselves as capable of greater things than maybe they understand right now. That's one of the key parts, is to help them see that they can be better than whatever they've experienced before. Same thing on the soccer field, same thing in a business, same thing in my family. What I want is to encourage the people around me to, to envision themselves as capable of more than what they've seen so far or more than whatever they've accomplished so far. And that's a big part of leadership, again, like you mentioned, is making an impact. Um, I, again, I love the way that you said that earlier because, again, one of the chapters in my book talks about the difference between being a successful leader versus being an impactful leader. And so I use a couple of historical examples um, to compare and contrast those things. The, the successful leader that I mentioned was um, Queen Elizabeth I of England, right? Uh, who was just, if you had never studied Elizabeth I, she was incredible. Uh, she helped solidify England as a Protestant power. She fought off the Spanish Armada. She survived a couple dozen assassination attempts. Extremely successful leader. But most people in the world don't know who she is anymore. They don't study her. They don't learn lessons from her life like they could. So that's a successful leader, not necessarily impactful. The impactful leader that I talk about in the, t- in the book is Napoleon Bonaparte because he was not a success. Like he conquered Europe for a while, but the dude was defeated and exiled twice. If you get exiled twice, I'm sorry, you're not a success. But everybody in the world knows who Napoleon is. They've heard of him even if they didn't know it. Um, because just a little quick history lesson, one of his negative nicknames that he received from the British is they called him old bony and then they called him old bogey and then they called him the bogeyman. And today every little kid grows up being afraid of the boogeyman in the closet. So whether they know it or not, when five-year-old kids are afraid of the boogeyman, 
what they're actually afraid of is a nickname of Napoleon. Like that's how impactful the dude was. He changed the map of Europe. He accidentally spread nationalism. He did all these incredible things, but he was not a success. Right. And so the question is, what are you going to focus on? Are you going to focus on being a success or are you going to focus on making an impact? And obviously the, the ideal would be both. But if you have to pick one, which one are you going to choose? And it's not necessarily a right or wrong question. Whichever one you choose to focus on is fine. It sort of depends on your goals and your aspirations and what your organization is all about. Right. So uh, I think that's a, a great way to think about leadership as well is what is your ultimate aim? Is it to be successful, however you define that, or is it to be impactful? And then how do you define that? Mm. So I think that's a conversation worth having as well. I mean, yeah, I think we should definitely go right into that because uh, there are people who uh, they want to have impact, but then, you know, they don't have the success they want to have. And I feel like everyone definitely wants to have both. So yeah. uh, how do we have the impact and also be able to generate the income to be able to sustain ourselves and to grow and reach even more people? So again, I think that's a great question. And you touched on part of the answer earlier when you mentioned how do you prioritize, Right. How do you prioritize? What are, what are your goals and what kind of goals are you setting? Are you, are you just setting sales goals or dollar amount goals? Or are you setting goals like, I want to help this amount of people, you know, or I want to have, uh, I want to see this kind of ultimate result, right? Um, because again, it, none of those are bad. If you have like a dollar amount goal, that's not a bad thing. Um, because especially if by doing that dollar amount goal, it helps you help a certain amount of people or it helps you make an impact on your community or whatever it may be. Um, so the question is like, how are you going to, how are you going to prioritize? And uh, in order, again, like you've mentioned too, and you, we, we got to pay the bills, we'd like to make some money. And so how do we go about making sure that we take care of those things? And, and that becomes a question of uh, what is more important short-term versus long-term. My, my principal at my high school has a great phrase where she reminds us all the time. She says, we will focus on the important more than we focus on the urgent. And I love that because a lot of times people get so caught up in what's urgent, we miss out on what's important because, you know, our, our phone is pinging us. And so we've got seven new emails we're supposed to check or somebody just called and there's a, you know, another fire you got to put out over here. And it's like, yeah, but in doing those things, you're missing out on what you should really be focusing. Oh, well, they're really, they're urgent. They got it. No, they don't have to get, you think they have to get taken care of right now, but really the, how many emails do we check a day? where if we didn't check them that day, everything really would have been fine. They could have waited an hour or three hours or even 24 hours if need be, right? Um, because I feel like people are understanding to a certain degree. Uh, you know, people understand that we have lives outside of our businesses and maybe I wasn't able to check my email today because I had a family emergency. Maybe I didn't check my email because my wife and I were out on a date. You know, whatever it may be, what are your priorities and how are you going to structure your day so that you get those taken care of. One of the, one of the stories I like to share about that is uh, the, the way in which I wrote my book. Um, because, again, I'm, I'm, you mentioned at the beginning, I'm kind of busy. I'm a high school teacher, and I'm a coach, and I'm a speaker, and I'm an author. And, and so, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. And so when I was wanting to write this book, the question was, well, when am I going to do that? Because I, I get up about 5.15 or 5.30. I leave for school about 6.30 because I teach 45 minutes away. So I've got a 45-minute commute both directions, uh, each direction, uh, each day. So an hour and a half in the car. So what I realized is that's my time to write. 
So what I would do is I would sit down ahead of time and I would outline, I had the whole book outlined and then I had each chapter outlined and then I had each section in the chapter outlined. And what I would do each morning for a few months is I would write out on a three by five card what I wanted to say and I would take it with me in the car and I took my father's old miniature cassette recorder, you know, with the old AA batteries and the old tiny cassettes like in uh, um, answering machines from the 1980s and 90s and I took that in my car and I would just speak out loud the material for that chapter. And then when I would come home, either my wife or I would type it up and that would become, that's what, that's what became the rough draft of my book, right? Because if I have an hour and a half in the, a day in the car, there's not a whole lot else I could be doing. I could be listening to something or I could be speaking about something, but that's about all I have. That's all I can do while I'm driving. You know what I mean? I can't yeah. be reading. I can't be writing. You know, I can't be watching anything like I'm driving the car. Um, and so that was how I wrote my book is I, I did the rough draft in the car, driving down the highway and then came home and, you know, it got typed up and that's where, and then when I had breaks from school, so Christmas break, spring break, that was when I would go back and do the revisions and, and clean the book up so that over the course of one school year, I outlined the book, I wrote the book, I edited the book, and then we got the book published right around uh, the end of the school year, right at the beginning of summer break. And so if you if you prioritize correctly, you can accomplish amazing things. It's just a question of what is the best way to go about doing that in your particular world. And the other part of it is, what are you willing to give up? Hmm. Because one thing I love to do is I love to listen to audiobooks. I love to listen to podcasts like this that are going to help me improve my business or improve my speaking or writing or whatever. Um, but that meant for, for a few months, I had to be willing to give up listening to my audiobook in favor of writing my own book. So what are you, are you, are you willing to give up some time listening to an audiobook or a podcast? Are you willing to give up your favorite TV show, you know, that you binge watch a couple hours a day, a few days a week? Are you willing to give up, you know, whatever it may be, what are you willing to give up in order to achieve something of more lasting significance, right? Give up something that is urgent for something that's going to make a more lasting impact, something that's important. So I think those are things to consider as well. And Joel brings up a lot of great insights. I mean, that time in the car, very underrated. You can use that very productively listening to a podcast. If you're listening to this in the car, you are definitely part of the solution. And uh, you can also create a book in the car, as Joel mentioned. <laughs> now, obviously, you will keep listening to Profitable Public Speaking and play Absolutely. that in the background. But, That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Auto.ai is a really great app for creating your own book. I mean, there's just a lot of different opportunities that we don't really think about or don't see, but it's just a matter of how you approach it. And Joel definitely showed that uh, based on his example. And uh, I do think if you guys want to really like more help with prioritizing and being able to figure out how to become that leader for your tribe, I definitely recommend Joel's book, Inverted Leadership, because I'm a big believer that the free content is a preview of what the paid content is going to be. So yep. with that in mind, Joel's book will be in the show notes. Are there any other places, Joel, that you want us to go to, to just follow your work and continue following you on your journey? Thank you for asking. I would love to connect with any of your listeners that want to connect with me. You can find me on social media under my name, Joel W. Hallbaker. You can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. Um, you also can find a couple of different websites based on my different things that I do. Um, my speaker website is just my name, joelwhallbaker.com. My leadership content, most of that is over at reallifeleading.com. A lot of my blended family content is on that page, but there's also another page that I do for blended families. It's called Step Dadding uh, with an I. 
G, www.stepdadding.com. And so whatever it is you're into, whether it's the leadership or the blended family life, or if you just like what you've heard and you want to keep up with me, you know, come to those websites, find me on social media, shoot me an email, ask whatever questions you've got. I would love, like I said, I'd love to connect with your listeners. Uh, the other thing that I love to do is I love to give away my books. So I've written an ebook and I've written the full length book. And any of your listeners who are interested, if they will send me an email, I'll send them a free PDF copy of my book so that they can just have it. Um, so if there's anybody who's interested in having it, let me know, send me an email, I'll send you the whole book for free and then, uh, and you can have it and that'll be great. Well, Joel, we'll have all those links in the show notes, including Joel's email. So you can email him about the ebook and also just, you know, talk with him, say like, you know, I got this great insight from the episode and just, you know, have be able to engage with Joel beyond this episode, but Definitely. It was a pleasure to have you on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to share your insights with us today. Hey, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Mark.